This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hello. How's it going? How you feeling? How you grooving? Winter's coming. I've admitted it. It's coming. I'm still riding bikes. I'm still having a lot of fun, but it, it's coming. Uh, and we're going to talk about it in this episode. It's super fun. It's such a great conversation, and I... I mentioned it in the podcast, but I wasn't really feeling the winter thing yet. And then I watched a certain trailer, and it kind of got me hyped. So it's happening. I'm pumped about it. I hope you're pumped about it because we're going to roll right into it. Before we roll into the episode, i got to give a shout out to a couple sponsors. First sponsor this week is Drink Simple. Go to drinksimple.com and check them out. It's, I mean, it's really simple. It's maple water. Plant-powered nu- nutrition. No added sugar, no added sweeteners. It's just like a little sweet tasting natural water. Comes from trees. They have a sparkling maple water, just a regular old maple water if you're into it. Um, it's ultra hydrating, plant powered water that comes from trees. Doesn't get any, I mean, that's, that's the best pitch we can say. Ultra hydrating, plant powered water that comes from trees. I heard it's really great for hangovers. It makes me feel like Superman every time I drink it. Uh, I'll be a little groggy in the morning, and I have some, and it is so good. Allergen-friendly, half the sugar coconut water. Again, no added sugar or sweeteners. Plant-powered nutrition, electrolytes, antioxidants, prebiotics. Go to drinksimple.com. Use code OUTOFBOUNDS. Save yourself a couple bucks. My second sponsor this week is Sierra Nevada. You guys know them. You love them. I love that hop splash. Get yourself some. Uh, They just kind of redid the cans a little bit. And, man, I got one in my hand right now, and it's phenomenal. So go get yourself some Sierra Nevada hop splash. Go to SierraNevada.com. Check out the shop. They have so many things, um, from hats to shirts to koozies. It's a really neat website. Uh, they've got hard kombucha, beer, obviously, lifestyle. You can buy gift cards for your friends. Again, go to shop.sierranevada.com. Check them out. Final sponsor this week, a new sponsor uh, for us at The Collective, a new brand partner, 686. Check out their outerwear, their clothing, their lifestyle, their everywhere everywhere pant, everyday pant. It's a go-to. Uh, their whole snow line just dropped, like literally just dropped. So head on over to 686.com. Check out their entire collection. It's out. The wait is over. Get it now. Uh, season is coming, and it'll probably sell out. So again 686.com check out the snow collection check out their lifestyle wear it is so good and now for my guest this week speaking of good katie Lowe. uh that is not her full last name we talk about it in the beginning of the episode because it's a very hard name to uh say so i'm not going to attempt to say it again content creator photographer artist writer just like a fantastic human being uh she was part of a giant women's project that is coming out called nexus and it is a super exciting ski film uh featuring women which is like wow what a concept featuring rad people uh watch the trailer it's on youtube right now and the world premiere i believe is october 5th we talk about it just a fantastic conversation with Katie. So, Katie, thank you for the conversation, and I hope you all enjoy. I go by Katie. Katie? Yeah. I'm going to let you say your last name. Actually, no, I'm going to attempt it. Let me let me read it so I can attempt this, because I think that's more fun. Is yeah. It, no, don't give me any hints. Let me... I'm going to sound this out. Losinch. Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that rendition before, but uh, Losancich. Ah, see, I was trying to make it easy. I was trying to not. It's like, this is just not. I'm just going to go real <laughs> low. I mean, Losancich. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Low is what people call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason, exactly. Because Growing up in high school, or just in school, I would always know when I was coming because the teacher would go, 
Katie lies in stitch. And I'm like, okay, like you got it. Like, so. Yeah. I, so yeah. Does that bother you? No. I mean, it's like, it's Croatian. I don't even think we, like our family knows how to say it properly. Um, so I had a, a friend call me Katie Lowe because um, I was in a climbing team in college and we had like three Katie's on the team. And so there was like Katie M, Katie Bo. And then I was like, oh, I'll be Katie Lowe. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of nice because I just, I feel like it makes it easier for people because the Z and the A and all those C's are just, it's a mouthful. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Katie, tell everyone kind of who you are, what you do, your your elevator pitch of yourself right here, right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I would say I'm a content creator in the mountain bike and ski world or outdoor industry also. Um, and that's like a really general term for like a ton of different things that I do, um, which are primarily photography, art storytelling and like within storytelling i do producing for like film projects or um i'm also a writer so i uh do like written editorials for magazines or websites so there's kind of a lot to unpack there so i feel like content creator is probably like the easy bite-sized term i find it interesting that you say content creator because you are clearly but when I hear content creator, I think like you're a YouTuber or you're a TikToker. And I don't view you as that uh, in my short time of following you and Googling you. And I look at you as more of an artist. So it's, mm. I don't know. I feel, and I'm not, this is no, this is just my opinion. But when I hear the word content creator, and maybe we're changing. Like you are creating content, obviously, but like I've photographed weddings my entire adult existence. That's how I've made my living, photographing. I wouldn't say that's, and it's definitely different than what you do, but like I would never call it content creation. That like lives in the TikTok, Instagram, YouTube world for me versus what I think you do. It's funny me telling you what I think you do. But it's art. There's a compliment coming. But it's art. It's storytelling. It's it's emotions. It's writing. It's and I don't feel that content creators give us that. Okay, I'll take that. I guess yeah. I've honestly had a hard time finding like when people are like, "What do you do?" and I'm like, "I just want to like word vomit like ten things at you." And so art, I guess, would be a really great way to summarize it. But I think. For me, I've always, and it's evolved. Like when I was younger, I always thought of art as just like fine art, like Van Gogh, Picasso. And obviously that's like a really narrow idea of what art is because art's like expansive. And I I think now what I do is art as well. Um, But I think I haven't like, like like changed that idea of that term in my head yet, not to get like super heady or anything. (laughs) No, I think it's, and I, I mean, I asked it with intent, but it is... It's almost like selling yourself short. And I understand it can be very, it's one of my favorite questions to ask as like a host of a podcast, like give me, who are you to you? And like, it's such a shit question because like, I can't answer that. Like, am I a podcast host? Am I a photographer? Am I like, who knows? Like, it's really hard. Some people are like, oh, I am whoever and I do ski. You're like, okay, that's you're a skier, that's fine. But like I don't know, I never relate the term content creator with creating stuff that's good. <laughs> like <laughs> I I just content creator me is fly by night. Like you're following trends, mm-hmm. you're and I'm I could be completely wrong for anyone listening or even your opinion. So it's I don't know. I just it's such a weird in this world that we live in of nonstop content creation, you have seemed to find a nice little niche corner of the market where they want to pay you for presumably pay you for your art and your written words and like your storytelling. Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> I mean, that is what I do. I, I feel like when I was deciding to go freelance, uh, I worked with a business coach, which was really rad. And we kind of honed in on like what, like what I valued. And the thing I always came back to was storytelling and like, you know, even with photography, which doesn't have any written word around it. Like I was like, I want to tell a story with images. And so I think like, I mean, you've noticed like that I think is a common thread that weaves through everything I do. So I guess a storyteller probably is a better term maybe to use then. <laughs> I'm not telling you you're wrong. I just, I'm just <laughs> saying I find it interesting that you use that term. Uh, and maybe I am a hundred percent incorrect. I just think, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any other rebuttal. And I just think it's like fly by night. It's, I think you're selling yourself short, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on the definition of content creator and what you're creating content and you're working for these brands and it's, it's nonstop content creation. But I just think of like, I don't know, shitty TikToks that are like very quick and like boom, 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 boom. And yours aren't like it's I think there's a difference between a one minute reel, which we all have to make and do versus like a single photo that in 10 years will still tell some type of story. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I have no idea. Where does Katie, how does Katie get to this point? Like, we don't have to go like, we don't have to go like crazy, crazy deep back or like, but like where, I don't know how old you are. I don't care how old you are. Um, high school, we're doing something. Are we into the outdoors? Do we find the outdoors? Like, it seems like you, you live now in the outdoor space. How did you find that? What did that look like? So I, if you like sat the 10 year old version of me down and like explained what I was doing for my work, I would be like flabbergasted because <laughs> I didn't learn to ski until I was 19. And then I didn't mountain bike until I was like 22. Um, so the outdoors came much later into my life, um, which was, was, was cool. Kind of just like happenstance. Um, I got into skiing, like I learned to ski when I was four and then we didn't do it much um, just because we like didn't have like the, the money to go up to the mountains. Um, but when I was in college and I had a job, I was like, oh, I want to learn to ski again. Like I had so much fun when I was a little kid, like I want to do this. So like I drove myself, I, I grew up in Northern California um, in uh, just outside of Sacramento in a town called Loomis, which is like on I-80 um, in the foothills of the Sierra. So. Uh, I had my first job in college and was like, I want to learn to ski and uh, drove up and took a lesson and just like basically fell down the slope, but <laughs> like really, really loved it. Um, and that was like my first, like I would say like big experience of the mountains and kind of like what captured my imagination. Um, and around that time I was taking photo classes um, and like really considering pursuing photography and was like really enjoying all my photo classes, like taking, you know, kind of every aspect you could, like sports photography to studio to, um, you know, portraiture and like couldn't find one that really resonated with me. Um, and then I went to a Warren Miller premiere with a friend and like, it felt like everything like clicked. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I could do that with my photography. And that was like right after taking that lesson. And, and so then that kind of like became my North star and like really drove me to like pursue a life in uh, the outdoors and like in the mountains. That's a fun story. And you, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm saying too much, but you're a college dropout, correct? Well, I was, and then I ended up going back to college. Nice. Um, <laughs> finish strong but I love like I think that's important to people's stories because I think you know there are people listening and who are in school and don't know if they should finish or don't know like I graduated college and I to this day don't think I needed to go with my own trajectory knowing myself but like it's something no one can ever take from me and like who knows if I didn't go what would have happened? So it's always like, it's such a weird part in people's lives that makes or breaks them. And like some people like 
live with their alma mater, like literally across their chest. And some people like to me, college was just like an extension of what I was supposed to do. Like you go through K through 12. That's what you do. And then you just go for four years of college and then do whatever you want. So it is, I don't know where I read that, that you dropped out. Maybe you have, you have to have it written somewhere. Cause I have college dropout written on here, but you went back. What did you study when you went back? Well, so this is like a, like, I think a cool side story. So yeah, like I saw that ski film. I was like, this is what I want to do. I literally went home and Googled how to become a ski photographer and found this like listicle. And it was like all these simple steps. And the first one was like, you have to be like in the environment. Like you got to be close to the ski slopes. So I was like, okay. So I got a job at Sugar Bowl Ski Resort um, and just was like the next week told my mom I was like dropping out of school and I was like I'm gonna go work at a ski resort and she was just like dumbfounded she's like what are you doing and we got in this like major fight and I at the time I was like why are you so upset like this is a great idea <laughs> which looking back I'm like holy cow <laughs> like that was really like bold of me um so yeah I moved up and lived on Donner Summit and um ended up like I started out as an assistant for the ski school and then like became a ski instructor. And like, that's how I learned to ski, which was really fun. <laughs> um, and was taking photos, but like just had no idea what I was doing. Like I was 19 and just like winging it. And um, after like a year of doing it and having a ton of fun and then like really love teaching, I was just kind of like, like what's, where am I going with this? And like, didn't really have like, any sort of direction. Um, and then at the time, kind of like what you talked about, like saw like my friends from high school, they were going through college and like kind of like making like progress in my mind. And so I was like, well, maybe like, maybe like I should go back and like, it, cause I like, I did want to go to school and like that was important to me, but I kind of did feel that pressure of like, well, this is, this is the next step. Like, this is what we do, which looking back, like I, I'm glad I went to school. Um, Cause I, I definitely learned a lot. And, um, but I, I think that like pressure and emphasis that you have to take this next step in order to be successful is, is definitely a bit unfair, especially for creatives. Cause I think there's like other alternatives that we could do to save like a lot of money or just get like better on the grounds experience. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going back to school. I transferred, I was at a community college first and then I got my associates and then went up to um, a school in Seattle and I first got my associates in photography. So I felt like I like covered that base and wanted to like, you know, like I, I know how to take photos now. Like I kind of want to like have a better skill set. So I ended up finishing my degree in visual communication and which was like all facets of design. Like I learned everything from layout design, logo design, motion design to like exhibit design. And my thought was like to move more into like a designer role because like to me with that experience in the mountains when I was younger I was like photography is just like not stable I didn't like it didn't work out um and yeah so I, I went and finished that design degree and then like got an internship at TGR for design um and was living out in Jackson for a little bit and just hated everything about it <laughs> like <laughs> realized I couldn't be a designer <laughs> um and um that was like, in my opinion, a cool experience because like I went and tried to do the practice, like in my mind, what was like the practical, straightforward thing. And like, it just wasn't a good fit for me. And ultimately I was like, no, I need, I need to like actually do photography. <laughs> like this is what I want to do. And so when I came back to finish the rest of school, I, I obviously finished my degree, but I like completely shifted my focus back to it. So um, yeah, that's kind of a weird roundabout way of explaining that. No, I think you, I think it's like, the most human way to explain it. Cause there is so much unknown and there is that like, okay, you like quit school and like moved away and got like, you followed your dream. And then you see because of Instagram and social norms, all your friends who have like this, like perceived success. Oh, I graduated college. Oh, I got a job. Like it's, it's perceived value and there is value in it, but it's, it's very hard and scary and your mom was disappointed. Like your mom was disappointed that you were like quitting something you didn't enjoy 
to chase your dream. And that doesn't mean she, she just doesn't understand it. It's a very, yeah. it's, it's the social norms of what we're supposed to do. And like my dad worked for Pillsbury for 42 years or something. Like he made flour. He was worked in a flour mill. It's what he did. Like, and that's the norm to a lot of middle-class families is just, you get a job, you stay there. And this world is, you get a job, you work there for three years, you move around. You like, you just keep, you know, you basically like run a skin track until you're at the top. Like there is no, you know, you try not to move lateral in your company. You always gain a little vert and like, you just keep doing that. And, but when it comes to art or photography or people think like, it's not, I don't think they mean anything from it, but like, you can make a lot of money doing this. You can survive off this and you can be happy. And that's like a really intimidating thing for other people. Cause I think they're scared to do it. Yeah. I mean, there is for sure that leap aspect of it. Like you got, you have to take a risk to do it and it's not defined. There's no like clear path. Like you can't look at one creative and be like, I'm going to do exactly what they did because like what led them to that, to their success is going to be different from another person's. Um, and I think that was really hard for me to like understand at first and really intimidating. But what was really cool um, was like getting the internship in TGR and like being in Jackson. And then after doing, um, after college, I lived in Seattle for a little bit longer and worked at a creative agency and ended up getting a job again in at TGR um, on their, I was a part-time writer, um, but like seeing, being exposed to like cinematographers, photographers, um, designers, like even artists, cause Jackson, I mean, mountain towns are just like hubs for creatives and seeing all these people being their own like bosses and like owning their own businesses and like doing really well, like buying houses, like buying cars, like, you know, it's like, oh, like these people are like doing it. And like, you know, obviously it didn't happen overnight, but like it, it, it was a shift from like, cause I grew up in a really small town and kind of like, it sounds like we had a, like a little bit of a similar experience. Like, you know, like you, you go to work, you work your job, you get your pension, yada, yada, yada. Like that was kind of the mentality. And like, um, like art and stuff was just like a hobby you know, it wasn't like a thing that you did for a career. And so like to go from that mentality to like living in Jackson where you saw people like, they're like, no, this is my skill. And like, this is like a craft that I'm doing, like that I'm offering to the world like that has value. It was like really eye opening. And that, I think for me, that was like the big shift that like made me want to pursue like what I'm doing now and even more. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like, I don't know if justification is the right, but it's proof of concept. Like, oh, you can do this? Like, maybe I won't be as rich as I could have been if I was an engineer, but, like, I'll trade that for, like, mental health and, like, happiness and enjoying what I do. And not saying engineers don't have all of that, but for me, it wouldn't have worked. So, like, it's it's neat how we one define success, how we find success and how we continue to like pursue success as artists, content creators, whatever we are. Um, it's neat. It's like a really scary thing because even in your success, you're constantly, you're freelance. It's what's next. If you don't work next week, you don't get paid. It's not like mm -hmm. you don't have PTO. You don't have like, hopefully you have these great relationships that continue to pay the bills and put you on assignments, but you have to continue that. So what is, what does the work side look like for you? Like what is your, let's say bread and butter of what you now do for a living? Yeah. So <laughs> last August, I um, <laughs> I uh, quit. I was at TGR for three and a half years, and I decided to go freelance. Um, so I've been freelancing for a year. Which, when I got to that year mark, I was like, wanted to pop a bottle of champagne. I don't know. That felt like a really cool milestone. As you should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I I kind of separate my work into like uh like 
three pillars, so I feel like it's always evolving. Um, like I, I, I kind of, I treat it as like different services I offer. And so the really big one is photography. Like that's by far the most work I get. And it's honestly like one of the things that just like fills up my cup the most. So um, I do like, as you kind of know, it's like a very editorial style of photography and um, I shoot for brands and I, I like, I shoot campaigns and I, I try to tell like rich stories through, you know, a series of images. And so, or I'll, I'll cover events and I'll try to like tell the story of that event. So, um, so photography is like a huge one. And then um, art is another one that I don't do as much artwork, but it's kind of fun because like, you know, I can, I can sprinkle it in and in, into, into like the gaps that I don't have like photo work. Um, and then uh, like the last thing is like the storytelling component as far as, far as like, doing um, like writing uh, editorials for magazines or for brands and stuff and just actually uh, writing uh, written stories. And then the one that's, I guess the fourth pillar that's more new is uh, doing more producing work. Um, and it kind of feels like I'm combining all three um, and, and telling more complex stories. So for the last two years, I've been working on a all women ski film with two other female creatives and you know, that, that's like the high level concept of storytelling, like everything from writing out the concept to pitching it to sponsors and then actually bringing it to life. So it's been cool to like, for myself, have all these skills that I offer because, and any creatives listening, I think it's really easy to get burnt out on one thing. Um, and, you know, sometimes like I don't have as much photo work. So then I like pivot and switch to, you know, maybe I'll open up commissions for paintings or maybe I'll reach out to blogs and, and try to write, um, write, you know, write for brands. And so that gives me some flexibility to like say like, well, I know I can make something, you know, from this brand or this brand versus like freak out if I don't have a ton of photo work coming in for a month, if, if that makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think what you said, but didn't even know you said as a freelance artist, it's your ability to pivot is what might keep you successful. Like you have to be able to pivot. Sometimes that photo cup will be full, overfull, like overflowing. Great. It's coming in. The work's hot. Great. But then like everything starts to drain every once in a while, whether it be industry trends or whatever. Now it's like, okay, pivot. Okay. Open up some commission work. Open up, you know reach out to blogs. And I love that you said reach out because it's very hard for brands to know who's available for work when. And I think as an artist, a content creator, people are sometimes too proud to like mm -hmm. reach out. And like, there's no shame in that. Like have a deck or have whatever your pitch and like have it available and let brands tell you no. Like, but they mm -hmm. don't know that you're there and available for work. So I think what you said is very important for people to hear. And just like, you know, it's the shoot your shot. Like, and you're not, you're just as qualified as anybody else. But like, the difference is you're putting your name out there, putting your deck out there, putting your name in their inbox, and the other people aren't. And there's power in reaching out. Um. I want to talk about the film. You didn't even say the name. Come on. You got to pitch the name. Uh, Nexus, I assume, comes out in the next month, two months. Yeah, it comes out. Uh, world premiere is on October 5th. And I know there's we're, we're discussing so much stuff. So I'm like, I don't want to. That's my job. I just, I just throw it all at you. Well, we have to talk about it because it's coming out in two weeks. Um, actually, just rewatch the trailer. It looks really good. Like this doesn't look no offense, but like I would have thought just like it was going to be I'm trying to think of the proper word for this without being rude cuz I don't mean it in a rude way. I just mean it in no. like I thought it would be a lower produced film just because it is a bunch of pretty much independents making and like that trailer looks like it's a Red Bull produced like major money behind it. The storytelling in the minute and a half trailer seems insane. 
the riders are phenomenal. I know half the names in there. Like, I'm excited to watch it. And it's all female. I think there's a quote in there that's like, by seeing another female do it, it makes you think you can do it. Or so, like, it's very fucking empowering. Like, I was just like, this is rad. Sweet. Well, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, like it, you have to understand too, like when you're on the producing side, you're just working your ass off, like creating the concept and like drilling brands to like, please like, you know, like believe in us. And so um, like, I'm not an editor and I don't do cinematography. Um, so like that feeling that you got from watching the trailer, I got too. Cause like there, the feeling of like working so hard and then seeing it come to life is just like the coolest thing. <laughs> like, you know, I even get emotional watching the trailer because it's like, oh, we like, this is what we pitched and like, it worked. <laughs> like, holy cow. Um, and yeah, when Shannon Corsi, uh, Sophie Dannison and I set out to make Nexus, the big thing that we wanted to do differently is we wanted it to be like a big budget ski film with all women. Because I think what you've like, act, you've nailed it exactly. I think when you've seen a lot of um different films that aren't the TGR MSP um, productions, like there, there's sometimes like a little bit of a lower quality and it's because they don't have the access and resources to like equipment and guides and locations that, you know, like a big budget um, crew would have. And so we went into it being like, you know, an all female ski film has been made before, but we want to like go a step further and like, you know, make something that's on that same level because it just feels unfair that that hasn't existed yet. Um, and it was really empowering to like put our foot down and be like, no, we're going to go to Alaska. <laughs> like, you know, like, and Alaska is really candidly expensive. Like it's so hard to get up there. And that's actually probably why it is why you have, haven't seen more women and underrepresented groups up there because it just takes so much privilege and money to, to be up in that space. Um, and, you know, obviously we pulled it off, but in the pitching process, it was really interesting, like getting pushback from brands. Like I had a brand flat out say like, you, are you actually like expecting to raise this much money? Like, is that really like the budget you want? And we're like, yeah, like that's how you make these things happen. Um, so yeah, I, there, there was like a level of quality that we really strive for. And I, I think it, we, it, it came across um, really impactfully. Yeah, and I didn't mean any offense. I meant it as a compliment. I just didn't know how else to say, like, like you're clearly shooting on like reds, and like you can just tell, like it's instantly noticeable. Like when you put it on a big screen, and like watch it, it's you're using proper equipment, and you have multiple shots on the same line, and like I notice those things at least, and I feel a lot of. I'm gonna say independent. You guys are independent. Like you're not. It's not TGR. It's not a Red Bull Media House film. Like it's, and you get those still beautiful storytelling, but like you can instantly tell that it was shot on a bunch of A7s that everyone has. And I don't mean that like that's what I shoot. Like it's great, but there's a difference. And I immediately noticed it. And I'm so excited to watch it because that's just like stupid that we care. But it's also like I saw it from like, holy shit, this is an all-female shot, produced, filmed, rider video, and there is money behind this. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, yeah, on that note, like, like the quality of the film was, like, really important to us because, like, you know, I had worked at TGR for a while. I love the quality they bring to their products, and Sophie has worked on other films and made her own films. And Shannon is a phenomenal photographer and her images are just like superb. And so I think for us, that was just like something we want. We, like we could have still made the film, like you said, on Sony's and like some aspects we had to like shoot on Canon R5s for like, you know, weight reasons in the back country. But I think, I don't know. I, it, it, it's not like the end of the world, but I, I think it, to us, it was just like, 
I want to, I want to uplift these athletes in the best way possible. And for us as artists, like that's, that's, that's important to us. And I think that like just elevates and, and like deepens the experience for the audience. Um, and then, yeah, like, I think when we got Arcteryx as our title sponsor, that was like such a, I, so we got, they came in last December. Um, and up until that point, we were, we had some sponsors, but we were kind of in this make or break moment. Like we were going to start filming pretty soon. And we're like, we can make it, but like, you know, what we want to do, we, we need like X amount. And when we got Arcteryx came in, I just remember reading it and just like <laughs> started screaming. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is huge. Like, you know, like this isn't just like some tiny little brand. Like this is a major brand with like stores all over the country and multiple, you know, like these, this is the real deal. Um, and I think that when people like, obviously there's been this conversation in our industry about creating more representation. And I think I've noticed a lot of that conversation is directed towards like the, the creatives themselves. And I, and I think that's important because it's on us to think about the stories we're telling. But I think people really need to understand that like these films are made because of brand investment. And so it's also really on the brands to say like, we believe in this project and like wanna support this. And, you know, like all of our sponsors were really hyped on like the fact that this was different and it like needed to happen in our industry. And it's like from a, let's just start from a sales point, like Arcteryx is in. So like everyone under that is like, they're in so what do you i find it with guests like sometimes and we're all humans and we're all equal like that's great but like there are like superstars in this industry who are much harder to get in touch with that's just a reality and then there's like smaller people guests i w i started as a guest on this show and now i have my own show so like that's how this world works but like sometimes i'll get like a mid-level if we're judging athletes you know, mid-tier, and they'll be like, well, who's been on the show? And then I'll name all of these, like, rock stars. And you're like, well, mm -hmm. they were on it. So, like, do you think you're better than them? <laughs> like, But it's fun. And, like, yeah. I don't mean it like that, but it is fun. Like, Arcteryx is in. So, like, X smaller brand, they start opening their eyes, but it makes them easier to spend money and support you guys when they're getting the support of a bigger brand. Totally. And that was the turning point. Once we got them, I feel like, you know, before we had our tariffs, we had Red Bull and it was like, it was cool. Cause it built on itself, you know, even getting our first, our first sponsor was wild rye. And like, you know, even, even just getting that was like, well, they believe in us and then they believe in us. And, um, I think that it, that's really like, that feels very really human. I mean, it, it, it's all about, it's like, Oh, okay, they're doing it. We can do it too. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a huge turning point for us. Um, and, and I think for the athletes too, it was really special because it like, it felt like the end, like, you know, Oh, we have like a big dog, like Arcteryx, like on board, like it, like this feels like legit. It validates it as much as like, we feel like we don't need to be validated or like we don't, it's like, okay, these people believe in us. Like they aren't just throwing money around. They had meetings they had your pitch deck. They had 12 people at a round table, probably men, like, just be honest. And, like, you know, looked at your pitch deck and they were like, let's put some money at this. And that's that's empowering. That's validating. And then, you know, hopefully when it all comes out, it's just like, yeah, that was like, this is the right move. And this is where we are shifting and we are putting money into female athletes just as we are male athletes or just any human in general who's doing good telling stories like it shouldn't it's crazy that it matters like i mean i feel like this might feel like a wild thing but i i think it's crazy that this is groundbreaking in 2022 like i'm like why like i wish this oh, happened sooner yeah you know it's it's nuts like i don't I always say I don't care, and I mean that in the best way. Yeah. Like I don't I don't care if it's all females or all males 
or however you identify. I don't care in the most genuine human way if you create something that is just like like genuine and authentic and it makes me want to it makes me feel something and makes me like I couldn't be less into skiing coming into this morning like genuinely like I'm into mountain biking right now it's fall it's getting fun it's sloppy and like I am not feeding you bullshit either like I watched that film the the teaser this morning for Nexus and Ethan was in the other room our producer and I was like I'm fucking ready to ski and he was like what and I was like you gotta watch this like I swear on my life like that genuinely happened and like that made me feel so like I can't wait to watch the full movie because it's it's trailer season and it's like fun you watch them and you see what's happening and like that is an experience that I think we lose because we're so stimulated all the time. So okay. like I try to watch trailers or watch movies like without my phone and like focus on them mm. because it took you two, three years. It took a team two, three years to do this. And now are you nervous that it's coming out? Like it's a, it's your baby. Like, and now you're putting it out to the world. It's multiple people's baby, but like it's consumed you for presumably two, three years. I'm just excited. I think like, I bet when I'm in the theater watching it, I'll be like, Ooh. <laughs> but um, I think that it's already, it's already causing such a stir, a good stir that it's like, it just makes me want to like, really show it to more people and like the like we've we've started to like you know obviously the trailer's out and we're doing different kinds of promotions on instagram but the messages we get like that honestly has made me cry because just like just like all these women really that are like you know like this is so inspiring like i can't wait to show it to my daughter or i wish i had this 10 years ago or even like um you know, Exum was one of our sponsors and they helped, they helped provide guides because we did a bunch of stuff on Grand Teton National Park and um, Brett and Regan is the the head of their marketing. And he was like, I'm just so hyped for this film because like I have two little girls and my wife's a guide, like, you know, like this is for them. And so even to have men show up and like tell us that kind of stuff, like, I think it's, it's just like, that that's why you do these like crazy to your projects is to just kind of like see how it's impacting people. Um, and like the one thing that's cool about Nexus is that there's obviously the skiing and the action, but we really went into it wanting to have storytelling um, compared to just like a shred flick. And there are some like hard conversations that go out through the film and they like explore like really human topics and not to get fully into it so I can save it for the theaters, but like even having someone like Michelle Parker for who's been like an inspiration and like a rock and like someone who I've seen as a hero talk about the things that she dealt with early in her career and like how that like psychologically affected her, you know, like that was so eye opening and like even more reason just to like pursue these kind of projects to kind of like address like, you know, like how we need to like change this uh, culture for the better. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I think I'll probably be nervous in the theater, but I think, I think that is, way overshadowed by just like the feedback and hype that we've been getting. Yeah. I think, I don't know if Michelle says it in the trailer or whose voice it is, but like, Oh, we just need one. We just need one girl. Like that's something I've never, I don't have to deal with. I mean, no one's calling me to film, but like, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thing. And it's like, and for Michelle who maybe I'm again being whatever, but like, she doesn't need to do that film. She can film with TGR and Red Bull and Matchstick and but like she is knows what she went through and is like this is an opportunity to use my clout to like put this validate it again. Like Michelle Parker on there helps validate that film just like Arcteryx does and that's what it takes to be like why are we having this conversation in 2022 that we need to validate that like women are human and they're fucking badass and they can ski lines just like men can like that's it's insane that we're having this but it's happening and it's happening so like this video is 
a beacon of hope of like, this is what it can be. And like, maybe we can even just get to a point where it's just like friends skiing, whether it be male, female, however you identify, like it's not nine dudes, one girl. It's not like, it's just like, oh, these are all my friends. However we exist, let's go make a film. And that's the most relatable content on the planet. So like, yeah, it's, it's neat. And I'm really excited for it. What is the rollout for it? Like world premieres where? The world premiere is in Golden, Colorado on October 5th. And then, um, I, I guess I could follow, <laughs> you probably don't have to keep this, but I could, I could send you a, a link to like, uh, the tour stops that we have. Though I don't know if we have them released yet, but you're um, doing a full tour. Yeah. We'll be, yeah. Okay. So we'll have um, Arcteryx itself is having a film festival tour that will happen through October um, all over the country. I think it's like nine stops. And then we are actively, I think we have a 10 stop internal tour that we're doing. And that's, that's a mix of like film showings and also like, um, like some of our sponsors are helping leaning in and, and they're like hosting a stop. So for example, like wild rise hosting a stop in sun Valley. So, um, we have some of that information on our website, but since we're a small team, we're actually actively like getting that populated. But that was a big thing that we went into the process of pitching of being like, we want to make a film tour. And we want this to be like, you know, we want little girls to come and have that experience, you know, going to a big film fest and, and like maybe meeting Michelle Parker and like getting her sign, poster signed. Um, Cause uh, you know, we all, I mean, I had that experience when I first, went to my first ski film. There's like something magical about getting to go to that like in-person yeah, huge no. auditorium and like hearing the crowd. It arguably changed your life trajectory. Yeah. Like if you didn't go to that film, if you didn't go to that premiere, like who knows what you'd be doing? Like it sounds corny to say, but it's true. Like that sounds like it was a, a light bulb or a turning point that was like, this is what I want to do. Like you fucking quit college. You're like, I'm out. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Uh, like that's, it's crazy. That's a pivotal moment. I say, I always say I was like, I was a basketball player growing up. That's like what I did. And then I met this, my buddy who was like a snowboarder and did all the, you know, wakeboarder and did all like the extreme things. I never did them. And I met him and his family and that's what they did. So that's what we did. And now like he's a lawyer and I'm just a ski bum and I'm like, you ruined my life. Like, if I didn't meet the, you guys, like, I was good. Like, I was on track to, like, I wasn't good. I could play D3 basket. But, like, I would have went to school. I mean, went. But, you know what I mean? And, that like, that family yeah. ruined my life in all the best ways. But, like, I didn't ski, I didn't put skis on until I was 18, 19. I snowboarded when I was 16. But, like, I didn't yeah. grow up in a ski family. I didn't. And then I was like, oh, same thing. Like, this is it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this forever, but I'm going to find a way. And yeah, I mean, I'm 36, like doing okay. Like <laughs> I'm still doing it. I'm still skiing a lot. Um, sliding down snow any way I can is, you know, but it's back to, sorry, I went on a tangent, but like no. those premieres, if it hits one person like that in 20 years, Maybe someone will be on the podcast. Be like, you know, I went to the Nexus premiere and I was like, I'm dropping out of college and this is what I'm going to do. And like that, yeah. it's crazy. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I was an example of that, but I can't tell you how many times I just talk to people and they're like, I went to that one MSP premiere and Crested Butte and like moved to, you know, I moved, like quit my finance job and, and started teaching skiing and now I'm a ski guy. Like that's just kind of like a cool common story and I think that's what's so powerful about media and like cannot emphasize enough like you know these films we make them yeah to like celebrate scheme but it's it's more about that it's to like inspire each other and like now we just get to do that with women which is like incredibly inspiring yeah, even and cooler. awesome like what a concept like <laughs> I know shocking <laughs> whoa Females can like make really good films and ski as well. Like what a concept, but we're getting there. Brands are getting behind it. People are getting behind it and it's, it's awesome. I mean, this, 
again, I don't want to talk just about Nexus the whole time, but I think it's huge and I think it's super important and it's coming out in two weeks. So like everyone listening, find the movie premiere, go to their website, like watch the trailer, support these women because this is what we need to do to continue like growing our industry. I think the outdoor space spews a lot of bullshit that we care, but when it comes down to it, um, there's a lot of brands that aren't supporting and there's a lot of people that aren't supporting. So I think these are the little things that we can do is show up, leave a review, mm-hmm. leave a YouTube comment. Like I said it, I tweeted it last week. Like it doesn't cost you anything to leave a review. That helps us. That helps us grow. That helps you guys grow. That like that. Yeah. It doesn't always take money. Money's important. We have to have it to do things, but like, Everyone listening, go on that trailer and like leave a comment because there's people like Katie who are reading these comments and that fills the cup and that, you know, gets you through the day. And that's important. And that hopefully funds a next year project or, you know, that's it's really easy to support friends with the Internet. It's really easy to be hateful on the Internet, but like just comment like Leave a review. Like those are stupid things to say, but very important. And they go a long way. And yeah, and like again, people I think they look at ski films and they just think that they just happen. But there's just so much politics and like brand negotiation and like creatives like me, like we want to do something different, but it does come down to the money. I mean, that's the harsh reality. Like these, these films are marketing pieces. Like they're not just films. There's, there's always another layer to it. So like, if you really want to see more content like this, you got to be loud and you got to tell these brands like, hell yeah, I'm so glad you're doing this or look to other brands and be like, why haven't you done this yet? You know, like, like we, as the consumers, we have the power, like, you know, like by what choices we make with how we spend. And I think, I think we don't realize that sometimes. Yeah, that's a good, I like that. That's a good take, a good point. It's just like, we don't realize how much power we have um, and how, you know, they're marketing piece. This is a marketing piece. Like, we're talking about it. I know someone from the Nexus film is going to be on Michelle's show. Michelle has now has a show on this network, um, which is, I think, comes out like October 10th or something. And it'll, her first episode is going to be promoting Nexus, which is like, that's why we do this. That's why Michelle does this. That's why I do this. That's why I asked you to be on. Like, this shit is important. Let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Let's spread the word. Like, that's that's what we should be doing. It's not, shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I've had you for like almost an hour here. So I do have a couple more questions. Is there anything okay. that you absolutely love lately? It's just like a generic anything. Like, there's just like, I feel like it's a new question I'm going to start asking. Like, is there anything that you just like really dig lately? And it doesn't have to be about work specifically, or no, it could be anything. I mean, I feel like it sounds cheesy, but I am just like so in love with mountain biking right now, and like, like, I don't think that's cheesy. I think it's great. Yeah, I don't know. You like you're also in the east. Like the riding has just been like on point lately. And um, I think this is important to say, but like like creatives, like also just like make time for your non-creative hobbies and like make time for yourself. Like I think the last couple of years I um just I mean, I would, you know, be working and also try to like formulate how do I make a freelance career happen and that takes so much legwork and time and energy and now that I'm kind of figuring it out I'm like oh like oh I can I can fit in an extra ride here and there and it's been I feel like it's made me almost show up better to like other aspects of my life and so I'm I just love mountain biking so much right now (laughs) it's yeah it's good it's just like uh, finding time for yourself is a very simple thing to say but to actually do it and like how much better you perform when you do make an hour for yourself. I think that's why people love yoga so much because it's like you literally mm-hmm. dedicate an hour to yourself. Whether it works, I don't know. I'm not a 
No idea. But like you take that hour, you're not on your phone. You take an hour for yourself. Like you're with your thoughts. You're doing an activity, but like there's power in that. And then you show up for for the next thing because you had that hour to yourself. And like mountain biking is so engaging that like it's an hour to yourself. It's two hours to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's there's power in it. Let me ask you this. Is there anything that you hate lately? Trends, um, anything. And it could be no. Oh, oh yeah. I I hate the the new implication from Instagram that we all have to start making reels. I don't know if you've gotten that yet, but Oh yeah. It's... I just and I, I see it like really wig out some photographers. Like they're like taking it really hard and it's just like I don't know. We've all worked so hard to like excel at our craft and like the fact that we already like are losing publications and like have to like live with our photos being like that tiny. And now it's like, now make it a video. It's like, I don't, I don't want to make like slideshows. Like I just want to do what I like I love. So I've been, I, I personally lately have been like pretty frustrated about that. But No, that's a great answer. That is a beautiful, and it's hard. Like we, at the collective, like we have to keep our content up and like, you know, I've now when I'm dealing with athletes or artists or like photos don't do that well. So it used to be like, send me three good photos and we'll promote your shit. And like, we'll, but now it's like, do you have a good TikTok or a good reel that we can use? Because you can send me a beautiful photo and I can try to promote your episode, but like the algorithm isn't going to let me. Like it's not, so it's, it sucks. It's stupid. I've just been making a mockery out of it. I don't know if you've crept my reels or not, but like mine are just really bad and I love it. And like, (laughs) I just want people to be like upset that this is getting pushed on their feed over a good photo. Like, I'm just like, all right, you want me to make videos? I'm going to make the most garbage content that is like using a trending sound like i'm just like the bot doesn't know what to do it's like this is garbage but it's using all the right things like push it and then people are just like why is this on my feed like why is why is this like food asmr horrible thing on my feed so i'm just like flipping it like i'm just gonna create garbage content until they allow me to put out good content Mm-hmm. It's like, our, yeah, I mean, stick it to the man. Well, like our followers have grown and our likes have dropped. And you're like, how do I have this? And I get this when like I had 2000 followers and I posted, I'd get 600 likes. Now I have 6000 followers and I get 40 likes. Like, What just happened? Like, yeah, it's like, wouldn't you think your quality of your content has gotten better if you're clearly like. Not, doing not better. Not me. Uh, Mine not, have gotten worse. To... That's what I'm doing. I'm making worse content and I'm feeding the machine. Also, this is my theory. I said it on a podcast before. I think I'm going to start, I'm going to record a track, like a silent track that only the algorithm can hear that just says like, I love Mark Zuckerberg. Like I keep putting it like, so, cause there's definitely a bot in there that's picking that up and promoting. Mm-hmm. So this is my new theory. It's just going to be like, just like whispers of Mark Zuckerberg and how great he is. And then the bot is going to be Everyone's like, going to see it. Yeah. Well, the bot is like, oh, this guy's talking good about Mark Zuckerberg. We're going to push this to the top of the pile. It's my theory. I'm sticking with it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try my hardest. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna put that in my notes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm telling I'm you. I'm not doing well. I'm telling you. Would you rather fight an elephant-sized pigeon or 500 pigeon-sized elephants? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) See, I've heard this similar question with horses and ducks, but I've never heard it with elephants and pigeons. Flipped it on you. Um, I would would take the 500 pigeon-sized elephants because, like, they don't have beaks, you know? Like, okay. Like, I don't know. I think a giant like bird trying to peck you like that. That sounds like my nightmare versus I feel like I could kind of like fend off like, an army of tiny elephants. But. OK, I like that. I didn't think about the beak. Like I was like, I'll fuck up a big pigeon. But I didn't think, I think about the beak. <laughs> it's just going to be like, well, it might be slow. So that could be your advantage. 
Because, like, I feel like a bunch of mini elephants could, like, charge aggressively. I, there's no right answers here. There's no right answers. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose sleep about this tonight. Like, should I have You're like, no, we bird? need to record. I have an answer. I have another answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh hidden talents. Hidden talents? Oh gosh. Um I don't know if I have anything that's like interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I mean know. there could be I don't have any. I have no hidden talents. <laughs> I don't think I have any. I mean, I'm a really good cook, but I don't know that's like hidden. <laughs> okay. If you weren't a, and I'm going to use your term because you said it, if you weren't a content creator, what would you be doing? Mm, I think I would like in like an alternate life. Yeah. Like if you never showed up at the TGR premiere, what would your trajectory be? trajectory have been i think i would have gone and studied journalism and probably been a reporter okay which is like very similar yeah, to idea, but not it. in the action sports world yeah you're kind of doing it i mean you're definitely doing it if you had to pick between writing or photos what would you pick photos yeah writing sucks it's the worst i had to write like 400 <laughs> word piece and it took me like a two months i was like my brain doesn't work it's so hard to write. Just, well, and like, I mean, writing, I actually do like writing. It's just like, I, I'm visual. Like, I love creating. And it, it, like, I don't get that same fix from writing, even though I, like, think it's really fun, like, interviewing and learning people's stories. But I just would always choose photo. Tell me about the art of the pan shot. And first describe what the pan shot is for anyone listening. I feel like it's under-respected. <laughs> it's very under-respected. So a pan shot is uh, one of those shots. So I'll use mountain biking, for example, where you see the rider in the frame and they're like, like either pretty sharp or almost sharp. And then they're just like flying through the frame. Like there's streaks of light all around them. And it's, it's like, you feel like you're in on that bike, like going with them, like, you know, 20 miles per hour, like flying down the trail. And that's the technique of the photographers tracking with them and like whipping around with them. And it is the most, I I feel like it's the most uh, challenging thing to shoot. Like one of the most challenging things to get right. Um, and it is, that's because you're a, you have to match the speed of the writer. So as the photographer, you're like twisting and following them as they go down the trail and like you can mess that up in so many ways. And then also you're slowing down your shutter to like, like I try to do mine at when I want to get like really, really spicy and risky. Um, I'll go like to one thirtieth of a second. So like you either get it or you don't get it. And I would say like 97% of the time I don't get it. But then <laughs> that 3% of the time you get it, it looks amazing. So you're like, Oh, I want to keep doing this. But, like, you have to go through that, like, like just, like, beat down of, like, taking blurry shots over. And then, like, the worst is the athletes are like, did you get it? And you're like, no, it's just, like, this weird streaky thing. Like, I swear We're I know close. what I'm doing. We're close. I swear. We're close. Uh, congratulations. You just made a reel because we're going to use that audio and put it over your blurry shot. And we'll make it a video. What your pan yes. shot. <laughs> so we'll be able to promote your episode. <laughs> No, you know what? I'm glad because I feel like anyone who's not a photographer and sees that shot just know that there was a lot of like heartbreak and effort that went into getting that good shot. So. That's how I contacted you. I saw it and I was like, oh, this took so much work and no one knows how much work that took. So we, I will share the photo that we were talking about for everyone listening. Um, Katie, where can people follow you? What do you have coming up next? Where can we find Nexus? And if you have people to thank, who do we thank? And anything else you want to say to the people? Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much on Instagram as far as like putting out content. So you can find me at underscore KDLO. Um, it's just one, one word. Um, and then my website for just if you want to see my work um, or like reach out to contact me because I'm always 
looking to meet new people <laughs> uh, is just katielazonswitch.com. Um, and then uh, to follow Nexus, uh, the Instagram is at NXUS film, and it's just one word. So uh, we took out the E. Um, and then the, the website is actually the same thing. So it's just nxusfilm.com. Um, and so you can see the trailer there. You can also learn more about the tour. That's still populating. But if you want to just learn more about the film, um, that's a great place to go. And then also our, our Instagram is pretty pretty good about like posting new updates as well. Um, and then uh, I guess the main people I want to thank are A, to the Nexus crew, Shannon and Sophie. We've uh, been on one hell of a roller coaster, but it's been really awesome to get to this point. So um, super stoked on the collaboration and excited to like cross the finish line and get to show our film soon. Um, and then, yeah, just to like my parents, um, mom and dad, because <laughs> they think they were like, what is she doing? So when I, when I first uh, dropped out of school to pursue this wildlife, but they, uh, they're super supportive now and they see the vision too. And, um, have been amazing and obviously my partner luke as well um i don't have any sponsors to think so it's just me that's fine that's even better totally freelance you're not you don't owe anyone anything um thank you for taking the time and doing this and recording so yeah thanks <laughs>